Welcome in. Let's get this. We are counting down the days to the college football season. They are dwindling. We're almost going to be in single digits here shortly. And we are coming to you live from the capital city of the great state of Texas, overlooking downtown Austin and the University of Texas, where classes began today. We record on a Monday, and uh, kids are back in school. Students are going back to school. Student athletes are going back to school as well. Welcome to the weekly broadcast and multicast that understands that the pride and tradition of the Texas football program will never be entrusted to the timid or the weak. We're going to bring it strong on a weekly basis. It is the Eyes on Texas multicast. That's where our eyes are firmly planted. Uh, we are a republic of the. We are a product of the Republic of Football on Dave Campbell's Texas Football Podcast Network. We're powered by our presenting partners at Grande Equipment. I am Aaron Hogan, a morning show host here at the Horn in Austin, Texas. He is the senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, and back with us after a week hiatus. Hello, Mike Craven. Doing pretty good. Glad I'm not in school. Yeah, me too. First day of class always gives me a little bit of anxiety just to even think back on. So I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. And get the get the thesaurus and or whatever they can. Syllabus. Syllabus. Yeah, Yeah. I can't even remember the name of it. Syllabus and what you what you're looking at, how much work you're going to have. Wouldn't Uh, see anybody of of those people again until midterms. You know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The pretty girls in your class, maybe if you kind of scope them out, what this uh, professor was going to be like, no doubt about that. Uh, But they're back in class, which means we're getting closer and closer to the Texas football season. Yeah, the Longhorns play coming up a week from Saturday, but there are games actually this weekend. Zero week games, including a team from the Lone Star State, which you cover, Mike, for Dave Campbell's Texas football. UTEP has a game. UTEP has a game. They actually have a conference game to start out the season. Ooh. So writing an article right now about kind of the, the pros and cons to that because, you know, it's kind of good news, right? You get to start the season with a big game. You don't have to whip your team into shape. I mean, they, they know that they have to come out of the gate swinging. But also it's the first game. You don't get a preseason, so you have no idea what your team's going to look like. So kind of a bind for those teams, uh, but it makes it exciting, gives us a little bit of an appetizer before week one. Big Ten has done some of that here recently mm-hmm. where they start with some conference games. That's That seems like a coach's nightmare for, yes. for the, the penalties. And we'll hear Sark coming up talking about his team and what he's worried about uh, 12 days out on our recording day here on this Monday uh, for the game with Rice, uh, his concerns. Uh, we are the multicast that keeps you on top of all things Texas football. We call it a multicast because it's available to watch it in multiple ways. Uh, you can watch it on the, our YouTube channel, which is uh, – carried on the Dave Campbell's Texas Football YouTube channel and the Horn FM, hornfm.com and Austin YouTube channel. It's also available to listen to on iTunes and Spotify. So a video podcast, we call it a multicast. You can also follow the show on Twitter at EyesOnTexasFB, also on Instagram at EyesOnTexasPod, and now on Facebook for you older timers. We appreciate you being there. We are live on Facebook as well with Eyes on Texas. <laughs> did, you have, did you have a uh, toughest class in college? Oh, toughest class. Oh, man. Anything math-related? I was not a good math person. I was uh, not good. Uh, I would have not made it through college algebra except our professor who was a brother at—I went to St. Edwards. Mm -hmm. So there was uh, Holy Cross Brothers who taught classes, and uh, my professor allowed us to do open-note tests, which was very helpful for me (laughs) in college algebra because I'm a dimwit in general, but when it comes to algebra and equations and stuff— not good. So thank you, thank you, brother, brother Mueller, for helping me get through college yeah. algebra. Mine was art history because it was just straight memory. Like there was no, you couldn't reason your way into it, right? You couldn't common sense your way into the answer. You either knew it or you didn't, and I usually didn't. I I got in a big argument with one of my elective teachers because, of course, uh, you know you're in communications. It's a liberal arts college at St. Edwards. Uh, it was a film. It was appreciation of film class that I had to take for an elective, and uh, or I chose to take. 
And I got into an argument with her because I had to do a, a review of a classic movie, and I wanted to do it on Bull Durham, the great baseball movie. And we argued for uh, – it's a classic. Yes. It's a classic sports movie. Well, it's not. It's not, it's not under the list of cl- – it is a classic sports movie. This was the mid-90s, so the movie hadn't been out that long at that point. <laughs> and uh, so I, I think I lost that. I don't know how I did in that class. Yeah. Uh, but clearly she wanted me to watch a movie I had never watched before. Mm-hmm. I wanted to watch a movie I'd seen a million times sure. and just write this thing out and yeah. show her why I thought it was a classic. But uh, that did not go well. Uh, but it really was not that hard of a class. All right, before we start, let's thank our presenting partner at Grande Equipment. I understand that our great friend and partner, Wes Murray, and his team, uh, your reputation is all you have when it's time for a project, and they have the heavy equipment that you need, whether it's a large or small project. You're doing freeway projects, major, major construction buildings, or you need help with something at your, your deer lease or at your, uh, your, your property uh, with a piece of heavy equipment. They're going to have it for you when you have a project. Grande Equipment has it. They understand all that matters is getting that done, getting it done on time, and having that piece of equipment. Uh, job site ready and ready for action. They've done this and been operated this way for 31 years. They are not in the equipment business. They're in the relationship business, and it's why they've grown, because uh, they understand when you need that right piece of equipment for the project, they're going to get it to you. It'll be ready to go, and it's from all major manufacturers. They're independent, which makes them very nimble. They're not locked into one brand name. They can get you the brand from Caterpillar or John Deere, Komatsu. Volvo and many, many more heavy equipment sales and rentals. They are the best. It's Grande Equipment, locally based right here in Central Texas. They also have a great renewable energy sector that's come online of late with solar projects and they're supporting all over the country and here in the great state. Uh, Pile driver application for both new and used equipment for the capability of renting statewide and nationally. Grande Equipment, our presenting partners, can't thank them enough. Independent dealer, find them online at grandeequipment.com. And remember, like big, big time, Grande Equipment doesn't overpromise. They over-deliver when you need a project or a piece of heavy equipment. All right, Mike Craven, let's get it going. You know, by now, if you've listened to one or 17 or of the previous episodes, we break the EOT, the Eyes on Texas multicast, into four quarters, just like a football game. Coming up in our second quarter, we'll deep dive, rabbit hole into the Texas football scrimmage that happened this past Saturday. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian called it a depth chart defining scrimmage. Uh, who's going to win those those final jobs at key positions at halftime? It's all things Longhorns in the NFL. Do you know how many Longhorns are in training camp and then in the NFL among the 32 teams trying to make a squad? We'll tell you coming up in halftime. Brought to you by One Source Gas. Also in the third quarter, we will discuss the remaining positional battles uh, for the Longhorns. Uh, is there a little legitimate debate at backup quarterback? Arch Manning's having a great camp. Malik Murphy, who would be the quarterback that runs out there if something were to happen to Quinn Ewers, who is the established starter. And in our fourth quarter, it's our final four big debates closing in on the college football season. But let's kick it off with our first quarter, presented by the TexasMortgageGuy.com. Our man Carlos Carrion, we'll tell you about him coming up. But we'll start with the breaking news, Mike. AP All-American preseason teams released today. Um, Xavier Worthy and Kelvin Banks make second team All-American. I know you've you've seen these by now. Anything you, that stood out to you that was right, wrong, or indifferent? Yeah, I mean, I think that's about right. You know, uh, you know, Xavier Worthy is going to have a big breakout or bounce back season. I think he'll be closer to his freshman production than than the inconsistencies last year. And then Kelvin Banks is a future top fifteen pick in the NFL, so he he's going to be considered up there. I think Jalen Ford probably has a little bit of uh, of a beef being left off. Uh, of those ones, but uh, yeah, I think those two guys that that made it were deserving for sure. I think so too. Caleb Williams, your first team quarterback, obviously Blake Corum, the Michigan running back behind that great Michigan offensive line, who's got Zach Zach Zinter as a preseason All American uh, out of the Big Twelve. Cooper Beebe, 
Cooper Beebe is on the first team on the offensive line at guard. He's one of the best in the country without a doubt. Uh, but, you know, no big surprises. Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver. Rome Adunze from Washington to the Longhorn Saw in uh, the Alamo Bowl. He's really good. Uh, Ohio State has two preseason first-team All-Americans because Emeka Egbuka. How do I say this? Egg Ebguba. I can't. Ebuka. Ed, say it again, Owen. Ebuka. 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 I don't like I get the D and the B and the G. E-G-B-U-K-A. Ebuka. Ebuka. Yes. Thank you, Owen. Uh, but they're really good. So really good receivers at Ohio State. You can edit that, Griffin. Thank you very much. That's what you're here for. <laughs> um, yeah. Also preseason All-American, Travis Hunter, the Colorado do-everything, former five-star who went to Jackson State, now has followed Deion Sanders. Those are some interesting names uh, on that. As far as the first-team defense, you mentioned no Jalen Ford on either side, either of the teams. Um, Cincinnati defensive lineman Dante Corleone with the best name. Yeah. He is on the list. Of course, he's in the Big 12 now, which is interesting to see. And, uh, you know, a couple Georgia Bulldogs, as you would imagine. But uh, no DeMarvion Overshone, Xavier Worthy, Kelvin Banks. Proved it over two years. Kelvin Banks for sure last year. They make your, your All-American squads. But, again, we're, we're getting close, Michael, to where the talking season doesn't matter anymore. They're going to play actual games. I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, like this Saturday, I mean, I've said goodbye to my family. And to my friends, um, and it's time to go back to work. I actually, you know, people think the sun. I love the summer the most. I hate the summer because I have no structure. You know, at least the You're the floating. season. Yeah, the season kind of gives me back. You know, the 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 regular schedule I'm used to. Uh, UTEP plays on Saturday, as we talked about, kind of in the in the pre uh, thing there. So uh, excited to have it back. Excited to be done talking about it, and excited to see how wrong I was about a lot of things that I said because that we don't. We, yeah, right. And we don't know anything, <laughs> you know. Either. And so, uh, you know, we all get to throw. It. Luckily, nobody keeps uh, track of our records like they do the actual teams on the field, or we'd be in a lot of trouble probably. No, well, on this show, we'll keep records, right? You know what I'm saying? It's fun. No. That's why we are not timid or afraid of the timid of the week. That's what we do. Uh, but you know, there's your All American team. It's out. Preseason All American polls out. Coaches polls out. Time to play some football and find out really how good these teams are, uh, who are the best squads. Uh, but let's start with the Longhorns. We focus on all things Longhorns here on the Eyes on Texas Multicast. And uh, let's start with Steve Sarkeesian. He, right on great timing on a Monday, had a press availability this morning to discuss what went on on Saturday, which is that depth chart defining scrimmage that they had. Also, the, uh, the practice this morning as they counted down. Uh, essentially said camp's over. Camp is over for the Longhorns. We'll hear him talk about that coming up. They're going to start to build for the first game. Classes are back, as we said. He started, though, with uh, with prayer sent out to Bill Little, uh, the legendary sports information director at the University of Texas since 1968. He's been on the staff through his retirement in 2014. Let's hear Sark. That's how he started his availability today, uh, sending his and the program's thoughts to the family of Bill Little. Our thoughts and prayers are, are obviously with Bill Little. Uh, his family, um, you know, the impact that he's had here at the University of Texas, uh, Longhorn Athletics on a lot of fronts um, won't be forgotten. And, um, you know, I know there hasn't been a service date yet set, but I know John will get to you guys uh, when that is. So, so on that front, just so we, we cover that. All right, Mike, uh, just we'll do a tribute to Mr. Little coming up at the end of the show. Um, he is, you know, he's a legend. You, you, I saw a tweet that you put out that you've known him your whole life. Yeah, I mean, my grandfather and him went to brunch together every Sunday for, you know, up until the last couple of months when he had been kind of really struggling. So uh, somebody who was pretty important to my life, actually. So 
Back in the day, my routine was I would drive to the football games with my grandfather. I would hang out in the locker room after the games, and then when he was done, I would drive back with him. That was like babysitting on Saturday for Mike Craven growing up. Well, hanging out, watching guys get into ice tubs and getting their ankle, it's not very fun, right? Uh, so I just follow around Bill Little to all the press re- You know, I would just go sit in the team room and listen to Kirk Bowles ask questions to people and stuff. And so uh, following around Mr. Bill, as I called him, was uh, a pretty formative part of my childhood and one of the reasons that I kind of fell in love with reporting because I got to go watch it kind of through uh, his eyes. So him and, and John Bianco, I kind of bugged a lot uh, coming up. And, you know, I knew it was coming. He had been kind of, you know, of poor health. Um, but, yeah, just a legend and, and one of the real historians of college football and, and specifically Texas Longhorn football. Because yeah. uh, on his passing, you if you, you wanted to write a story about him, you would want to call Bill Little and say, hey, Bill, right. how do I put this in perspective? Give yeah. me some, some history. Is this correct? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but and he's not there. And that's yeah, his impact that he had. Uh, no one loved the University of Texas more than Bill Little. Uh, also, his voice. We'll hear him coming up at the end with our tribute, uh, a tribute that he did for Darrell Royal, not uh, – symbiotically on Daryl Rolla's passing and what he meant to the University of Texas. Uh, but he called 1,700 or more baseball games at uh, Dishfalk Field. The press box at Dishfalk Field is named after Bill Little. The press box at DKR is named after Bill Little, rightfully so. He was also the PA voice at DKR for more than a decade and someone very close in your life, Mike. But uh, 81 years old. Uh, we send our respects to his wife, Kim, and three kids and 10 grandchildren. Bill Little passed away on Friday. But that led to the scrimmage on Saturday. And uh, let's hear from Sark. Uh, actually, we'll just talk about that. We don't have to hear this part. He just said being healthy is the number one thing on the list. We are healthy. They did not suffer. You know, last year, Junior Angelau and Isaiah Nayer lost lost for the season on a, on a single scrimmage. This year, they do really do not have a significant injury. Sark credited the, the training staff, the players, for, for going through this and staying healthy. There's a lot of luck to that. But at the same time, uh, that they're fortunate to get out of these three weeks of practice with, with no injuries. And I think coaches are getting smarter and better at keeping their guys away from unnecessary risk. You know, you, you know the guys who have been banged up historically, and you probably – you know, allow them to get some rest. Most colleges I know have built different practice structures than they used to. You know, two-a-days are gone. They only hit one or two days out of the week, like seriously, seriously hit uh, a couple days out of the week. There's always a rest day in between. Um, So I I think just along with the sports medicine and and the guys being in shape 365 days out of the year, I think it's getting better and better. But you're right. Some of it's just luck and just those freak injuries of an MCL or an ACL or something. And so avoiding that, just like in the NFL, when you're watching preseason games, you know, you just want to get out of there healthy. Of course, you want to get stuff out of the practices and get better. Uh, but you got to get to that first game for it all to matter, and so it seems like they're they're getting closer and closer to that. Knock on wood. Yeah, unfortunately, we'll hear it in our halftime segment coming up. Demarvion Overshone having a great camp for the Cowboys and a routine tackle on the flat. He he's going to be out for the year now. We'll hear Sark on that coming up. But let's hear this. this there's a, there's a reason to get excited about this season. Longhorns are ranked 11 in the AP poll, 12 in the coaches preseason pick to win the Big 12 pretty heavily. Uh, here's Sark uh, about what he's excited about and how this team is indeed player led. Uh, when he's talking about depth, he was asked about the depth, and is it make you feel good that you know there's a standard being held, and when you go to a to a reserve or somebody has to take a blow, uh, you're coming in with quality. You're not just bringing in a guy; you're bringing in good players. Here's Sark on that, and how the players are actually leading the the attitude that you have to have to be a champion. And and I and I and I appreciate that because they want to be great. They want to have a great football team, and they know they need everybody. You know, it doesn't matter. When we sit in a team room, as I talk to our players, everybody's got a role on our team. And, you know, I, I get it. There's the Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthies, you know, of the world, the Jalen Fords of the world. 
Um, but on that same note, there's that other guy who is getting him ready to play every week on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and how valuable he is to give the really good look to push them to be the best that they can be day in and day out. And I, I do think our team has a great deal of respect for one another that way, that, that everybody has a role on our team that's going to contribute to our success. And when you, can, when you can understand your role and everybody can appreciate your role and then you can do maximum effort in your role, man, that, that's when you have something pretty special. And so uh, I would say the majority of our team really understands that aspect. Mike, thoughts? I mean, this is you've heard this player-led. Um, Sark, uh, uh, you know, as they pretty much wrapped up training camp, saying the same, that our guys are playing for one another. They understand it's an it's a all-in all deal if they're going to win the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, I heard there that there's some leadership behind the scenes that maybe there hasn't been over the last decade or so. Just because guys are getting developed, they've been around long enough to earn that respect from those guys coming in. Like, those guys coming in have seen them play really well, and so there's that instant uh, respect there, the chops on the wall. What I also hear is there's depth, and there's there's people pushing people at practice. He talked about you know how he couldn't tell the difference between the ones and the twos a lot of times uh, during the scrimmage because the depth is better. And so, you know, when the backup guard can push your starting defensive tackle or your backup corner can really make Xavier Worthy work, you're getting back to those days I talked to Babers about all the time about how, you know, back then you went to practice and that was the show. I mean, that was more important than the games on Saturday because you're probably playing people that were better on Saturday or during practice than you were during the game. I think Texas is getting back to that, and that's a testament to the depth and the recruiting and, and what they've been able to develop. Agreed. Even Rod Babers, who I do the morning show with now on the horn, said that, you know, there's probably three, four teams, five teams in the country where practices are tougher than the game. Uh, Texas trying to get to that. I mean, you're talking Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, uh, maybe Michigan right now. Uh, that's the depth, and uh, I think they're getting there. Uh, Sark was also asked today, we'll get into, by the way, those positional battles and right guard, linebacker, corner, uh, maybe even backup quarterback. But let's hear Sark on a more of a macro level. Talk about concerns now that you're 12 days out and you know just over a week out to the, to the game, and it's camp is over, it's about preparation. Here's Sark on concerns he has uh, with about 12 days to go. As you build towards the first game, you know, penalties are always a concern. You, you, you get into a game and, you know, th those are things that, that you can stub your toe, right? And, and it's, the, it's the pre- and post-snap penalties that, that are concerning, right? The, the, the self-inflicted wounds, as, as I like to call them, right? The, the false starts, the jump off sides, the illegal procedures, uh, the late hits, you know, you're overly aggressive, right? Um, and those are some of the things early in the season. Uh, that can get you. Um, you know, naturally, there's some position groups where, you know, I don't want to say I'm worried because we're, we're talented, but at some point by the end of this week, I've got to, you know, got to make that call, right? And that's, that's part of being the coach of saying, okay, who's going to be the first guy or first guys that jog out there? And then how are we going to rotate these people uh, to maximize the, the depth that we do have on our team? All right, Mike, Steve Sarkeesian, penalties, special teams, Tighten the screws. Tighten the screws. You got 12, 12 days to get there. Uh, those are things where you feel like everything's good. Then all of a sudden you're behind the chains because of a penalty, pre-snap mess, or pre-snap mess, and uh, you got to really drill on those things. Coaches want to control every variable in the world, but you can't control those. You know, like th those are the things you can't you can't know. I mean, a field goal kicker can make a hundred out of a hundred on a Wednesday, but if he goes one for three on Saturday, he stinks. You know, yeah. and same with. 
you know, they, they may play clean on Tuesday, but on Saturday there's a couple holding calls, and all of a sudden that's the difference between a win and a loss. And Texas knows that better than any team because those small margins of what's separated this team from being really, really good, from being average. I mean, they're 17-6-2 and two in the first half under Sark. You know, so they, they've played really good football. They just haven't been able to finish those little things that he's talking about are going to be the difference between 11-1, and 10-2, and two, or, you know, 7-5, and 8-4. and four. Playing on the margins, right? Playing in the margins. How do you handle those situations down in distance, third down, red zone, uh, you know, making making kicks, making coaching decisions where you take some points when they're there and not leave points on the field? That will decide football games. It always has, always will, and human beings play the game. So a guy who had a great day on a Wednesday, going to have a bad day on a Saturday, no doubt about that. Uh, last one in our first quarter, and it's Sark talking about another reason to be excited. If you're talking about player-led and our guys are holding each other accountable, everybody understands our role. Wide receiver depth has been a common theme here, Mike, since we started this Eyes on Texas multicast with the additions of Isaiah Nair back from injury, A.D. Mitchell through the transfer portal, uh, and then, gosh, Jonte Cook, a five-star receiver in the recruiting ranks to go with Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington, Jatavion Sanders. Uh, Here, Sark was asked about the wide receiver depth and – because you'll hear him later in our second quarter, Mike, talking about Xavier Worthy had some explosive plays in the in the scrimmage on Saturday because they were putting him in motion and using him all over the field. Here's Sark talking about that wide receiver depth and how that many really good players at that position is helping to be able to free up X-Man uh, to become a factor player. E.D., Isaiah, Jonte, these guys are really good deep ball players. I mean, they, they have the ability to track the ball and go make contested catches. And when it's one-on-one, that, that's an advantage for those guys. And so now all of a sudden when you've got to pull a safety out of the top to go do that, um, that creates opportunities for Xavier um, to not always have to do that to create explosive plays. A lot of times he can do this. And when he can catch and run and get out the back door, like I think about his freshman year, he catches an in cut against Texas Tech. And he makes one guy miss a tackle, and then he can go score from a distance. And so – it still ends up being a 60-something yard touchdown pass, but it, you only had to throw the ball 15 or so yards, and so that's helpful. But it also does it help him. You know, he, he caught a, he caught two deep balls Saturday uh, because, again, all the attention can't just be on him. You have to worry about other people on the field now. And so when he does get those one-on-ones, I think that rapport with he and Quinn is important. And it was really nice to see Saturday that, that we were able to hit a couple you know, balls down the field to him um, to where we can take advantage. And if you have a fantasy football college league, you might want to look at X-Man because I think he's have a big year uh, if he can stay healthy because he just said it. And if you, you know, we don't have the, we you did see the video. He talked about, you know, X-Man doesn't have to go up. He can go across. He doesn't have to be running deep balls. And all Longhorn fans remember last year, the constant deep shot to Xavier, a lot of times into double coverage. They got other dudes who can do that. Jonte Cook's a speed demon. DeAndre Moore, uh, Isaiah Nair, these guys can get vertical. Yeah, I mean, I think I think X Man's more quick than fast, right? And so he he's good. Think about his freshman year and the routes he was running, like that Oklahoma, that first second play against Oklahoma, where he takes that like little hitch oh, route clean, yeah. and just like, goes right. Like he's gonna he's gonna make those short catches into long ones. Uh, but in Sark's offense, you need a guy that goes down the field. You need a nine route. You need a vertical to take the safety back to run deep. And Xavier was their best wide receiver, so he became that guy a lot as a sophomore. Uh, but we see 
speed win down the field a lot, but a lot of times it's size. Like size is what wins down the field, and he's just not big enough to be one on one with the corner uh, and be physical down the down the down the seam that way. Uh, so I think he's going to be in a better position this year, and they have other guys that can go fill that role, and that's going to help a lot. Ad Mitchell, bigger receiver; Isaiah Nayer, bigger receiver; and Jatavion Sanders. I mean, you can understand what Sark's doing with his route combinations and route trees. The nine route that opens up and takes the safety, Jatavion Sanders in the seam, and then you've got. X-Man and Whittington coming underneath. I mean, there's just a lot of options there. That's going to stress a defense in a big way. If the offensive line can hold up and take that next step, uh, it can be a very, very dynamic and exciting offense. Our first quarter is in the books. It's, it's closed on time by our man Carlos Carrion, the Texas Mortgage Guy. That's the Texas Mortgage Guy. Don't forget the the. That's very important on the website. Uh, when it's time for a new mortgage or a refinance or any type of mortgage need, always better to work with an expert in the field who's also a Longhorn fan, right? I mean, that makes sense. He's a diehard, lifetime Austinite, born and raised here in the ATX, avid Longhorn fans. Would have gone to St. Ed or to Texas to play, wanted to play baseball for Coach Gus back in the day or Coach Garrido, uh, but he ended up going to St. Edwards like I did, uh, but still a lifetime Longhorn fan. Uh, going on 10 years in this industry. Not here to just provide you a quote, Carlos. He's your guy to solve problems, strategize important decisions, and these are some of the most important financial decisions you'll make when it's time for a mortgage or a refi or a home or a home rental, whatever it's going to be. He's a great communicator, great guy, fast times. He'll text you right back as soon as you text him or call him and find him. Uh, find his phone number and all the details at thetexasmortgageguy.com. That's the Texas Mortgage Guy.com. This makes better to work with like minded people who know the business, know the lay of the land, love the Longhorns like you do. And that is my guy, Carlos Carrion, at the Texas Mortgage Guy.com. Can't thank him enough. He was our first founding partner with us, came to us and said, Hey, I want to be a part of that. Love what y'all are going to do. And he listens and checks out the multicast every single week. Second quarter, always delivered by the Good Times and Incredible Scratch Comfort Food at Hayes City Store and Ice House. Also, Taste on Main and Buda. Travis and Tamara Tyndall, great partners of ours. I will tell you about them coming up. But uh, back to the Saturday scrimmage, uh, you know, Mike, the you understand, right? You have a scrimmage last week on a Saturday that Sark called kind of show me what you got scrimmage. Show me what's out there. Let's see. We've been doing this all summer, two weeks of camp. Let's see it. This was a week to really, as he said, drill down and let's see who's going to earn these jobs. Who's going to make the plays we need to make? Who's going to be making things happen in critical moments? And, uh, you know, these are important times. And when you've got competition like the Longhorns seem to have, uh, put up or shut up time when it comes time to, to making that depth chart. Ones versus twos, twos versus threes. Yeah, a lot of times coaches use that as kind of a mock week, get everybody a, a chance to feel what a game week is going to look like two weeks out. And so uh, really important for um, not not only – like because I, I, you give those guys truth serum and 90% of the roster, they know exactly how it's going to lay out. Right. But there's still that 10% where you're trying to figure out it. And, uh, and showing up on a scrimmage, I know it can be silly when you have like 15, 16 other practices – but it's as close to a game as you can get. And sometimes you need to see a guy in live fire in a different way than you see him just going through one-on-one drills or just you know inside hole or something. Uh, so a, a really big deal, and I'd imagine some guys earned some starting spots and some guys lost some on Saturday. Yeah, well, we'll talk about those exact positional battles and who did well, but let's get uh, the big picture. Uh, Sark for the second straight Saturday or Monday coming in after a Saturday said the defense had a good day start to finish. They ran about 150 plays, which is about 20 more than the previous scrimmage. Quinn Ewers was in control as the first-team quarterback, but uh, he continues to talk about the defense. We just talked about receivers and offense and all they're going to stress defense is with on the other side, but their defense playing well. Here's Sark uh, really excited about the way his front seven is giving his own offense and offensive line trouble right now. That 
the run game and red zone stop started up front. I thought the, the line of scrimmage, our, our front seven is playing a, a really good brand of football right now. I um, was proud of them for that. And, and some of the guys that stood out up front, because it, I don't get to talk about everybody all the time, but I thought Tavondre Sweat probably had his best day Saturday. And when he plays like that, we're a lot better. Uh, because he's very difficult to block. I thought Leonga LaFowle has really made a lot of strides from spring ball through the first 10 days or so of training camp and you know had a really good scrimmage Saturday. I thought Ethan Burke had a really nice scrimmage, um, you know, kind of, you know, both edges kind of getting solidified now. And I feel really good about those first three guys with Sorrell, uh, Justice, and Burke and, and what those guys can do. I thought Gavin Holmes had a really good week, and the week turned out to he had a really good scrimmage. And so that, that was a positive. Uh, and then the two guys that have been mainstays up front that have been, you know, kind of solidifying their spots and what they're doing, obviously Alfred Collins and Byron Murphy again, you know. And so that, that, that front is, is tough. Um, they're big, they're physical, they're athletic. Uh, they're playing really well together. And I think a lot of that stems from Jalen. Uh, just his communication up there at the, at the line of scrimmage and getting everybody tied together. So that was good. All right, front seven. I mean, we've talked about that a lot on our multicast here to this point, Mike. I mean, gosh, uh, Alfred Collins continues to get mentioned every time. And if Alfred Collins is going to play like that and becomes one of your foundational good players next to Byron Murphy, you're going to be pretty damn good. And if Tavondre Sweat does his thing, this is a really good rotation on the defensive line. It's going to keep people off of Jalen Ford and the linebackers behind him. And it's going to make the job easier of the whole defense. I mean, Bo Davis is doing a heck of a job, you know, because they just lost two NFL draft picks on the interior of their defensive line, and it may be the strength of the team again, you know, yeah. just from from that soundbite and just from what guys are saying behind the scenes. If Alfred Collins is one of your top five best defensive players on this team, Texas winning Big Twelve title. Yeah, like he, right he, he that. I mean, that's because you know what you're going to get from those other two dudes. And if he becomes a real all-conference type player and starts reaching his ceiling, the way we saw Keonje Coburn and Moro Ajomo do kind of in their last year on campus under Bo Davis, uh, then all of a sudden that's that's a dynamic group up front that nobody in the Big 12 can really match. And then, you know, also on top of that, you add in an Ethan Burke, you know, emerging as a real pass rusher on the opposite edge of a, a Baron Sorrell. I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, that's that's on paper is something that the Big Twelve just can't match up with. Yeah, Ethan Burke, Justice Finkley, uh, all guys, and sometimes Anthony Hill coming off the edge where they need him to be. Uh, that is, you know, again, if you start up front, and they've actually had times when they go to their jumbo package where Alfred Collins is playing a defensive end spot with Sweat, Myron Murphy, and and. Baron Sorrells, that's a heavy package, but yeah. that's pretty dynamic. Uh, those are some Sunday players on that group right there uh, if Alfred Collins is going to play how he is. As for the offense, you know, Sark just said it was he was not pleased with the consistency. They had some big plays. You heard him earlier talk about Xavier Worthy down the field. But too many drops. This is not something he wanted to talk about, but he said we've been so good in camp catching the football. We had too many balls on the ground uh, in this scrimmage. Uh, but he also singled out the young receivers, Jonte Cook, DeAndre Moore, Ryan Niblett, that these guys are having really good camps. And he really exposed, and I heard this, I talked to someone who was at this same scrimmage a year ago and was at this same scrimmage this year and said Quinn Ewers looked light years different. Like last year, he was he left the scrimmage thinking Hudson Card's probably the better quarterback right now. Uh, and Hudson Card didn't get the start. Quinn Ewers, they took, you know, put up with the lumps and all that went on. But he said Quinn is clearly the quarterback. He's clearly the QB1 and light years different from what he was one year ago. Yeah, I mean, and that's the biggest key to this whole thing. You yeah. know, I mean, Quinn Ewer has taken the step from, like, good with a lot of potential to, you know, first, second team, all Big 12-type performance all of a sudden. 
Um, this Texas offense is unlocked because there's no other question marks. Like We may question who the, the number one running back is, but I don't think we question that Texas is going to be able to run the football. Yeah, that's you know, And so uh, no matter who becomes that guy or if it's just all two or three, four guys or whatever, but Quinn Ewers becoming a consistent dominant force that on paper he can become. Um, all of a sudden, it's kind of like, like Alfred Collins on the defense, right? It just unlocks everybody around you uh, to the point where the rest of the teams in the Big 12 can't keep up with that level of talent if the quarterback's not messing it up. Uh, Sark also talked about uh, tightening the screws now, as we heard him earlier, working on the details. Uh, he's not ready to firm up that depth chart just yet in a couple of spots, but we all will hear him. They will before, you know, they got hard conversations with some guys. In our third quarter, we'll hear Sark talking about the tough calls of, you know, you're the one and you're the two. We're not going to have a lot of oars on our depth chart. Uh, it's going to be the one and the two, and you've earned that spot, uh, but still not ready to get there yet. This week, you said the mock week. This is going to be the mock week for Texas where they're going to shut down camp. They're going back to class, and that's how it's going to be come football season. So this will be the week where they're going to try to treat it like a game week and, and, and do the things exactly like they would do as far as time goes, doing class, doing your tutoring, getting your treatment in, but also getting ready for a mock game this coming Saturday. It won't be a scrimmage. It's really going to be a walkthrough. They're really going to be get up, get there to game time, all the stuff that it's going to be. Following week, obviously, they play the Rice Owls a week from Saturday. Uh, also, he talked about how tackling's been good. Uh, the, you know, the, there's been tackling ec- epidemics at times here in Austin. Sark did single out and said, you know what, tackling's been really good. Uh, he singled out Manny Muhammad, Malik Muhammad, the five-star freshman from Oak Cliff, uh, Leona LaFau again, and he said Jalen Catalan, the Arkansas transfer, he feels like has helped set the tone for how we tackle at Texas. Uh, block, you know, running through people, rugby style, taking people to the ground, uh, not trying to hit the blow-up hits, but but tackling people, and he felt like the, the tackling has been very, very good. That's a dude, you know, and, and you need those guys on the back end who, you know, if he's going that hard, then you have to as well. Like You have to match that, you know, and and coaches, I always hear coaches talk about this generation. I hate to be like old man on a hill, but they always kind of talk about this generation not being guys who come into a room and set the temperature. They kind of come into a room and become what the temperature already is. Jalen Catalan's a guy that comes in the room and like sets the temperature, right? And I think Texas needs that. Somebody in the secondary that can be the leader that Jalen Ford is on the second level because it is almost like two groups, right? You got your secondary, you got your front six, your front seven, depending on uh, what schematically you're in. And if Jalen Catalan can be the enforcer in the back end, um, then that's great. Yeah, I think I love that. Set the temperature. I think Roshan Johnson was that guy mm-hmm. last year for Texas, and I think feel like feel like Kelvin Banks is that way right now, just with his steadiness and consistency on the offensive side. Hopefully, Quinn Ewers is trying to get there defensively. You know, it's Byron Murphy. You know, it's Jalen Catalan and and Jalen Ford because he's a yeah. playmaker. Those three guys set the temperature for Texas. A couple of more notes from Sark today. Uh, he's happy. With, this is back to the offensive side. They got to be more consistent, but really likes their personnel grouping. So they're so deep now. And my buddy Rod Babers on the morning show talks about this all the time. You only get 20 hours a week to practice, right, in college football. The more different personnel groupings you can show a team and they have to prepare for during the week, they're, they're, they have the less time they have to, to practice on all those things. And Sark talked about we can be in, in anywhere from spread to 10 personnel. We can go jumbo package. They've got the depth now to really personnel group teams to death. Uh, and that's exciting because Sark's really good at that. We saw him when he was at Alabama. And again, this isn't the NFL. I mean, you you have time limitations. You've got restraints. Uh, a, a defense that's getting ready for you just doesn't have the time to. If they got to spend, you know, seven, eight different personnel groupings working on that, you know, the, your advantage at that point. Yeah, and I mean, and most of these college players are, are 
they have some things they're really good at, but they also have some things that they're bad at. Yes. And so if a personnel package is inside and you know that tight end's in there, well, you know what they're running because he stinks at the other thing. Yeah. Right? And you can figure that out throughout the week. Well, with guys like Jatavian Sanders, with guys like Jordan Whittington, with that kind of uh, fluidity and just the ability to to do so many different things, well, you can't. You're not tipping your hand with your personnel package, and so uh, that gives Sark a big, big advantage, and that's why those Swiss Army knife tight ends and slot receivers are so important. And, and the positionless football uh, we talk about so much because a lot of times defensive coordinators know what they're doing based on who's in the huddle, or not. I guess not in the huddle anymore, but but who's out on the field, but, field right? And but with Texas, the same eleven guys can be on the field and they can line up six different ways, and that that's just that's just something that most college programs just can't do because the guys on their team can't do that many roles. Agreed. Uh, all right, that's our second quarter of action here on the Eyes on Texas Multicast. It's brought to you by Hayes City Store, which I know it's been hot, but they're open for business. I've been out there while it's been 107 degrees, and you get in that inside with the air conditioning or on the ice house on the patio watching your favorite games and what's going on. They've got the misters and the fans blowing. It's still very comfortable, and it's all about that scratch Texas comfort food that is quickly becoming famous throughout the Hill Country and all through south and southwest Austin. Uh, Hayes City Store, scratch comfort food, including wood fire pizzas, the house ground burger, the best chicken fried steak and chicken fried chicken you will have. Uh, truck stop enchiladas are phenomenal. They have over 53 beers on tap and so much more. 8989 FM 150 in Driftwood, Texas. A Hay City store and the Ice House on the outside to watch your sports. Live music six nights a week on the stage under the canopy of oak trees. Uh, find the complete mouthwatering menu online at HayCityStoreTX.com. That's HayCityStoreTX.com and follow their Facebook page. You'll find out all the live music and when they're cranking that up. Also want you to check out Taste on Main in Buda. Travis and Tamara Tyndall also own that great new restaurant right on Main Street in downtown Buda. A little higher end. If you don't want to go downtown for a great steakhouse or oysters or some great seafood, you can do it right in South Austin, right down there just south of Weird in Buda, Texas at Taste on Main on Main Street. It is awesome. All right, halftime on the Eyes on Texas multicast each and every week. It is delivered with just the right pressure by One Source Gas, your one-stop shop in Central Texas and throughout uh, the, the greater Central Texas area, San Antonio included. For all gas products, One Source Leader is your Texas compressed gas leader and they bring you halftime as we've said throughout our first 16 or 17 episodes during the season we'll actually have a guest in our halftime segment a recorded guest with a lifetime longhorn who is doing something new or playing in the nfl depending on the the day and depending on the episode of the multicast but right now in our halftime brought to you by one source gas it's an update on how the 41 texas longhorns are doing in nfl training camp that's right i think that number would surprise a lot of people there are 41 former longhorns Starring out and balling out in the NFL right now. Weekend two in the preseason is in the books. And we're going to go uh, kind of alphabetical here on how this works and uh, uh, how is it is playing out right now uh, for the, the NFL players that are trying to make it. Uh, Arizona would be A, right? That's your first one. And right now, Arizona Cardinals. Looks like Colt McCoy is going to be the starting quarterback with Kyler Murray still coming back from his knee injury, uh, battling his way back. Uh, Colt got the start in their preseason week two game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Went five of eight. And, you know, it's not going to be a very good team. This could be shades of Colt when he was in Cleveland back in the day because the Cardinals don't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. Uh, They have a new coach, brand-new head coach, brand-new front office. Could be a struggle this year for Colt, but he's going to likely get the start to begin the season. But uh, he went went head-to-head in that preseason game with uh, several former Longhorns who played for the Kansas City Chiefs in that game, including Shane Bouchelle, who didn't finish at Texas but finished at SMU. Uh, he might end up being the backup quarterback to Patrick Mahomes when this is all said and done, if you can believe that. Uh, he went 10 for 10, uh, led a, a scoring drive, ran for a touchdown. Uh, Shane Bouchelle is having himself one heck 
of a training camp trying to become that backup quarterback behind Patrick Mahomes with the defending world champion Chiefs. Also, Keandre Coburn is in Kansas City right now, uh, the the sixth-round pick of the Chiefs. He's actually getting some first-team reps, according to those in Kansas City. They're looking for someone to stuff that run next to Chris Jones, who's in that contract holdout. Keandre Coburn making his way. Anthony Cook is there, and Charles Amenahu is in Kansas City cha- uh, Chiefs camp as well. So those two went head-to-head. Those two teams went head-to-head. Uh, also, back to Arizona, Jeff Swaim. Uh, former Longhorn, who's played with the Cowboys. He's with the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals as well. He caught a pass from Colt McCoy in the game on Saturday. Atlanta, well, you know they have Bijan Robinson. Bijan is making his way, had his first carry of a, as a professional, wearing number seven, Michael Vick's old number in Atlanta, which is really cool. He had four carries for 20 yards, also had a six-yard reception. Uh, the highlights are crazy. NFL doesn't let us show you highlights of uh, of NFL games, but or we would. But Bijan, his first run was about a 14-yard scamper, made the safety miss. Just looked like vintage Bijan. He's making his way in Atlanta. Baltimore, who will play Monday Night Football tonight. You know, we record our episode on a Monday night. Uh, Tariq Black, you maybe forget Tariq because he transferred from Michigan, played for a year, but he is in Baltimore camp. And Devin Duvernay, who's like starting fights and joint practice with the Washington Commanders. Uh, he's getting some notoriety. He's there. Also, Justin Tucker, who's the best kicker and the highest paid kicker in the league. He continues to bang him through the uprights for the Baltimore Ravens. Buffalo has Puna Ford. The lifetime Longhorn, who, man, is a 5'11 overachiever, but the Buffalo Bills are glad to have him. He's going to be an impact player, I think, for the Bills next to Ed Oliver on that Bills defensive line. Then you go to Chicago. That's the C's. Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson. They've got Khalil Herbert there in Chicago with David Montgomery Montgomery moving on to Detroit. Well, you got a, a you know pretty loaded backfield there. Her- Herbert's a really good player. Deontay Foreman, who came in for a pretty cheap deal. wonder if the Cowboys shouldn't have looked at Deontay Foreman based on their backfield depth. Uh, but Roshan Johnson turning heads. He got some big carries. He, just like Bijan is making guys miss, Roshan's breaking tackles at the NFL level, level and turning heads there. In Cincinnati, the Bengals, Joseph Osai. Uh, is in Cincinnati and doing great work. Had an interception in their preseason game this week. It was a tip ball, but uh, stayed in his rush lane, got himself an interception. Remember, he ended the season last year with that personal foul, late hit out of bounds uh, on on, uh, Patrick Mahomes. What a killer that was. But Joe Osai is still going to be an impact player in the National Football League, in my opinion. Marquise Goodwin is in Cleveland, uh, hopefully catching deep balls from the former Houston Texan Deshaun Watson, bringing some speed there with Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore and that Cleveland defensive backfield in Dallas. This is where the really bad news comes in. Cowboys, DeMarvion Overshone was having a great, great camp. Uh, was going to have maybe a starting role, but certainly a role on special teams and on the Cowboys' defense for Dan Quinn. Uh, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian, uh, the Longhorn head coach, today at his availability. He did talk to Dan Quinn, and actually, talk, actually, you'll hear him talk about how he talked to Dan Quinn last week and was raving about Demo, and then did talk to DeMarvion Overshone. Just heartbreaking for a rookie who was really making his way for the Dallas Cowboys. I did. I reached out to him yesterday, and, and he responded right back. It's a, it's a real bummer. Uh, I hate it for him. It was odd. You know, I actually talked to Dan Quinn earlier in the week, uh, and he was raving about him, of how well he was doing. And he was. We all were, we all were seeing it. But Demo's actually in really good spirits. You know, he, I talked to him yesterday before his MRI, and he reached back out afterwards. And so he's in good spirits. He's in good hands. And, um, you know, he'll be back. You know, but nowadays – these surgeries and things, it's its not what they were 15, 20 years ago. So he'll be back, and, and he'll be playing great football for him. All right, there's Steve Sarkeesian, heartbreaking for DeMarvion Overshone. That, that, a lot of people thought that was going to allow Micah Parsons to play more rush end 
free it up, you know, fill that gap at linebacker next to Leighton Van Der Esch, and then uh, Cowboys are looking for linebackers. Malik Jefferson also on that Cowboys roster right now. Hopefully he can make that 53. It's going to be tight, I think, for Malik, but he's trying to make that roster. In Denver, little Jordan Humphrey, P.J. Locke, and Caden Stearns. Caden's going to be a starter. P.J. and uh, little Jordan trying to make that team. In Houston, David Be- or Andrew Beck, the uh, H-back. This is the guy who's probably going to make this Houston Texans squad because the Texans are, are you know, bringing in D'Amico Ryans from San Francisco and Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator, who comes from that Kyle Shanahan stable. They want a fullback in their offense in front of Damian Pierce. Andrew Beck, the former Longhorn, was in Denver before. He's likely to get that role. Uh, he did play some, some meaningful snaps in their loss to Miami on Saturday night. Hassan Ridgeway is also in Houston, making his way on that Texans defensive line, trying to bring depth as D'Amico Ryans builds that side of the ball. In Indianapolis, you know, it's Sam Ellinger. How about Sam? Uh, led the Colts on two fourth-quarter touchdown drives. Anthony Richardson, the rookie out of Florida, whether he's ready or not, we'll all find out. Sam is still ready to go. They call him Mr. August in Indianapolis. He led them on two touchdown drives in the fourth quarter uh, in a four-minute span. Uh, ran for a TD when it looked like he had an open. He, uh, there were, the receivers were covered, took off. Typical Bam Bam Sam, he scores the touchdown. Uh, in Los Angeles, the Chargers have Cameron Dicker, the place kicker. If you're a Cowboys fan, watch on this one. Dicker has been great in camp, like outstanding. But Dustin Hopkins, their signed and highly paid kicker, has come back from injury. Cameron Dicker could hit the waiver wire. Cowboys are still uncertain about their kicking situation with uh, what they're doing. Cameron Dicker, a name to watch. In Miami, they have three former Longhorns in, for the Dolphins who beat the Texans on Saturday. Deshaun Elliott, Brandon Jones, and Connor Williams all there. Connor playing center now for the Miami Dolphins. Brandon Jones playing safety. Deshaun Elliott, who's come over from Baltimore, also a safety. In Minnesota, it's Jordan Hicks playing linebacker. In New England, they also have three former Longhorns. Uh, Calvin Anderson at tackle, the former Westlake Chaparral, uh, Adrian Phillips, and Brendan Schooler. In New Orleans, it's Malcolm Roach playing defensive tackle for Dennis Allen and the Saints. In New York, the Giants, Colin Johnson playing wide receiver, hopefully catching passes from Daniel Jones, helping out Saquon Barkley and company. In Philadelphia, Moro Ojimo is there. And Moro, man, if you were watching the game Thursday night, they started the weekend, and he left the game in a, on a stretcher and uh, a cart, immobilized, had turned, what turned out to be a concussion. They thought it might be a neck injury, but they are very cautious with them and precautionary, and Moro's going to be okay. They say all extremities are good, just a concussion. Moro, as a seventh-round pick, has a chance to make that team. That's a very deep defensive line in Philadelphia. You, you know that. Uh, in Seattle, the best punter in the game. Got the best kicker in Baltimore and Justin Tucker. Best punter is Michael Dixon. He's still getting it done for Pete Carroll's team, who beat the Cowboys on Saturday night. Also, Quandre Diggs is a safety there. And uh, named to watch Deshaun Jamison in San Francisco, having a heck of a camp. Undrafted free agent, played a lot of football at Texas. He is finding his way. He's impressing on both special teams, returning kicks, and on defense for Kyle Shanahan, the lifetime Longhorn, doing great work. In Tennessee, Josh Thompson is there. And then Samuel Cosme is anchoring at a guard position for the Washington Commanders. So those are your 41 Longhorns who are in camp doing great work uh, for your NFL teams uh, in the NFL. And I want to tell you about our sponsor of Halftime. It's One Source Gas here in Austin. My buddy Richard Strever and his team providing compressed gas needs like CO2, nitrogen, oxygen, propane on a daily basis to uh, so many industries here in the great state and throughout Central Texas. One Source Gas is your uh, lead CO2 provider, and this is their biggest product that they have. It's for the service and obviously has a hospitality industry. They also serve the medical industry, industrial, and more. 
One Source Gas is your locally owned and operated and has been for over 12 years. Great people. They understand that exceptional customer service is the key to your success. Like you just need that CO2, right? You got to have your bar taps when you pull them. They got to pour beer. Uh, when you need it for your veterinary service or your medical service, you got to have that to run your business smoothly. Richard and his team at One Source Gas are going to make sure it's there every day, all the time. So if you're in a bar or restaurant, dental office, veterinary clinic, have a business that has compressed gas needs, you're looking for a new or better CO2 or compressed gas provider, you can't go wrong with our group here. OneSourceGasATX.com is the website. That's the number one, by the way. Not the number. It's the spell out the word one. OneSourceGasATX.com. We'll put up the graphic right there. OneSourceGasATX.com. Or give Richard a call. 214-8484. 512-214-8484. One of their great staff members will be glad to help you with your compressed gas needs. OneSourceGasATX. Bringing you halftime. All right, Mike, to start our third quarter, I wanted you to hear this cut. This is really interesting to me uh, because, you know, Rod Babers, I do the morning show with on the horn, and he talks about all the time that if I'm the number one, I'm the number one. If I win the job, I want to see it on paper, and I'm on the field unless you, unless I get hurt. I'm not coming off the field. That's my job. Uh, and Sark was asked about this, that he's not he's, – we said earlier in our second quarter, he's not ready to make the, the tough calls and announce them right yet, but he will. Uh, they're going to have a depth chart, and they're going to have guys who are your starting right guard, backup right guard, starting linebacker, starting corner. And Sark was asked, you know, what about those conversations, those hard conversations to have with people that uh, you're not the one, you're not the two, you're actually playing three. Here's Steve Sarkeesian with a pretty pragmatic way uh, to look at it. Real life, you know, and I think that's why we've created – uh, an environment here where where honesty works, you know, and, and being transparent works. And, you know, I, I don't think by the time we put a depth chart to the team and when we explain to them in their position meeting who's going to go with the ones and who's with the twos and so on and so forth, there's not going to be a lot of surprises, you know, because we're very upfront with our players on a regular basis. And so uh, we're constantly trying to improve them. Um, we're constantly trying to give them the things we'd like for them to work on. We're constantly trying to show living examples of players that do it right and what that looks like and why that's how we want it. And we point out times when we don't do it right. And so that everybody gets a real sense and a feel of what we're looking for and, and how we try to get it done. Uh, so in the end, uh, nobody likes to not hear that they're not going to be a frontline starter, but as long as they know what they're working on and how they can earn more playing time, um, I, I think that, that that's fair because I think that we've been fair all the way through. All right, you said that, Mike, a minute ago. The guys kind of know they've been who's been getting first-team reps, who's been earning that spot, and is this going to be the end of the conversation? But uh, they know. They know for the most part. But there could be some tight battles. Which ones are you most looking at uh, for the Longhorns when it comes down to those? I think you know there's 22 guys in the starting lineup, offense and defense. I think we probably know – 19, maybe 20 of them at this point. Which ones do you think are going to come down to the wire here? Yeah, I mean, I've always been interested in that that opposite rush-in spot of Baron Sorrell, but it seems like Ethan Burke is is taking that one. So, uh, for me, it's linebacker next to Jalen Ford, who's who's going to be that second linebacker, and then, you know, guard, you know, right guard, who's going to be, who's going to be the guy uh, there bef- between DJ Campbell and Cole Hudson. Absolutely, I agree with you. And boy, do you, uh, the reward is Cam, uh, DJ Campbell's been he maybe started the game on Saturday, the scrimmage, and you know he's just a road grader. You saw him in Arlington, big, Arlington Martin he's High a School, big man. Yeah, and if you want to be a power running team and you don't have Bijan and Roshan anymore, so you got to open some power lanes. Uh, Cole Hudson, you know. Cole Hudson may not have played last year if Junior Angelow hadn't gotten hurt. He might have been that guy, but he was kind of pressed into action and did an admirable job. But if T.J. Campbell has got the higher upside and he's you know, blasting holes and he's going to help Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter 
uh, run the football when teams know they want to run the football. I mean, that's the thing about this team. They want to move people when they don't want to be moved, right, when they know the run is coming because that sets up play action. Maybe it's DJ Campbell. Maybe there's some uh, some some wiggle room at left guard where Hayden Connor uh, struggled in pass pro at times last year, but that's the good thing on the offensive line. Kyle Flood has said, and we've played it here on the multicast, he's never had all five returning starters and three, maybe four other guys who have played football at a high level. That's that's And he's been coaching offensive line for 30 years. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a huge luxury, and it's the reason that I'm so bullish on Texas being the Big 12 favorite is is they have a, a group of guys up there that if Hayden Connor goes down, you still real, feel really good about this offensive line. I mean, if anybody other than Kelvin Banks goes down, maybe Jake Majors goes down, uh, you feel pretty good about what this uh, offensive line is going to be. And, yeah, I think it's just the the thing that separates Texas from all these other Big Twelve teams is is their ability to to roll offensive linemen in, and, and they're not beholden to just losing a guy and it and it being back to square one. I think Kelvin Banks is a guy they can't lose, but other than that, they'll be able to to survive any of that stuff. And along the way, you're going to lose one or two of those guys. Yeah, just is, and maybe it's for a quarter, quarter and a half game, maybe game or two. Uh, but you feel pretty good about that on that offensive line. That'll be interesting. Is it DJ Campbell? Is it Cole Hudson? Because a lot of people just assume it's Cole because Cole started last year. Uh, also wanted to hear this. You mentioned one of the key ones, and that's the linebacker position next to uh, you know, Jalen Ford, the preseason defensive player of the year in the Big 12 Conference. Sark not ready to announce that, but did was asked about how that competition has gone. You know, David, um, he, he's – very intentional with his approach to what he does. You know, he's had a really good off season, um, winter, spring ball, summer. Um, you know, he's he's such an intense human uh, that that everything he does is full speed. You know, he goes, and sometimes we almost want him to tempo it a little bit, right? But um, you know, so that he definitely brings that 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 in level of intensity and energy to the game. Mo, obviously a very versatile guy, and the fact that, you know, with a safety background, you know, he has the ability to, to cover. He has the ability, to, you know, I think he's a good blitzer. Um, he's, a, he's a violent player. When he goes, he goes, and, and he's violent at the point of contact. Um, so definitely positives there. I think from, an, from Anthony's perspective, um, you know, what he doesn't know, he kind of makes up for with instincts. You know, he definitely has good instincts for, for the game. He might not be right, but gets his hand on a ball. Um, it might not be the exact rush we're, we're trying to get, but he finds his way to get to the quarterback. And so the, his instincts kick in. So everybody's got strengths. Everybody's got things that we're going to continue to work on. Um, but I envision, you know, at some way, shape, or form, all those guys will be on the field for us. There's uh, one of the key positional battles, maybe one or two, that the Longhorns have out of their starting 11 on offense and 11 on defense. Uh, linebacker next to Jalen Ford. And as we talked about a little bit, sometimes when you're playing in Alabama, Mike, especially with a new offensive coordinator and idea, uh, maybe K-State, maybe Texas Tech even, you may want some three linebacker sets, right? You may want to go heavy because you got a run-based team. Uh, Iowa State will line up in tight ends. Uh, so is it Benda along with Anthony Hill? So you could see some three linebackers. I think you're mostly going to see nickel. But at the end there, you heard him talk about Anthony Hill. Uh, talent and instincts, that's a good good place to start. Yeah, when I listen to that, I hear Anthony Hill's a starting linebacker by like week five, week six, <laughs> right? Like as he starts to figure it out, <clears throat> that upside and that ability just to make – like once he takes the first step in the right direction, there's no stopping him, right? Like right now he's making up for probably taking some false steps. As soon as he figures out, he's going to be really, really good. Uh, but like with the offensive line, I mean, it's nice to have some depth. It's nice to have some guys. You're going to get beat up there. You're going to get banged up at linebacker. It's a very violent position. And you're playing so many different styles of offenses, it's nice to have some counters. 
uh, with, with, you know, like you said, you're going up against a power team. Well, maybe you bring in a bigger linebacker. You're going against more of a spread team. Now you bring in Blackwell, and you can have a former safety out there who can also cover. So um, they have some options, and you got some young guys beyond Anthony Hill as well that are only going to grow into those positions as the year goes on. And I think that sp- that position is going to look different by week six than it does in week one. Maybe like running back, too. Yeah. Running back could be the spot with C.J. Baxter. Uh, thoughts? Because you were out last week, Mike, on assignment with Dave Campbell's Texas football. Uh, Colin Simmons, because last year the best defense player in the state was Anthony Hill, and now he's already making an impact <laughs> in high school football. This year it's Colin Simmons, who's about to start his senior year at Duncanville High. Uh, he chose Texas. Uh, I think we, we talked a lot about him. Uh, it's official. He's coming to Texas. I mean, obviously a huge, huge get. Uh, maybe the best pass rusher or defensive end that the Longhorns have recruited since, gosh, as far as ranking goes, Corey Redding way back in, in 2000. <laughs> yeah, maybe Jackson Jeffcoat, uh, who was really far up there. But, yeah, I mean, Galena Park North Shore versus Duncanville are events. And there's 25 to 30 Division One football players on the field at any given time. And most people who turned into that game last year could tell you who the best player was within five minutes, and it was Colin Simmons. Like he, he was that disruptive. He was that good against a really good offensive line. Uh, he's a, he's a, a talented player. And he's another Dallas win uh, for Texas uh, up against LSU, up against A&M, up against Alabama, up against all the best of the best, right? Like Colin Simmons had his pick of teams. And so uh, Texas is dominating in Dallas right now, playing or doing really well on the recruiting trail. And if you're looking on the roster – there's stars at every single position. The one where there might not be is just rush defensive end, just straight get after the quarterback defensive end. Uh, Colin Simmons is a, is a guy who, from day one on campus, is going to be an Im- immediate impact player. A lot of comps to him. Uh, we'll see where he goes. He reminds me of Will Anderson, watching Will Anderson with the Texans. That's kind of his body type and just the kind of suddenness in which he plays with, the ferocity yeah. in which he plays Sergio with. Kendall's a guy Sergio like Kendall, who, who reminds Vaughn me Miller of. Miller back in the right. day at DeSoto. Uh, with that bend and the ability to put 22 and a half sacks against really good 6A competition. They play a big-time schedule yes. at Duncanville. Uh, and to have that many <coughs> tackles for loss and uh, quarterback sacks, quarterback hurries, he lived in the backfield. Unblockable. And uh, another thing about Simmons is he's one of those, there's a few guys in every single recruiting class that are sticky. And I think I've talked about this on the show before. You know, B.J. Foster was that kind of guy. Caden Stearns was that kind of guy. Shane, uh, you know, Sam Ellinger was that kind of guy. Where as soon as you're committed, Arch Manning seemed to be that kind of dude. As soon as you're committed, now other guys want to come play with you. Colin Simmons is one of those guys. Colin Simmons is one of those guys that's going to help Texas land three or four dudes down the stretch that may have been 50-50 otherwise. Yeah, and uh, Kobe Black, a five-star corner out of Waco is a name you're hearing. A five-star defensive line from Louisiana McKinley is one you're already hearing them talk about. Uh, you know, a five-star receiver from St. Louis. So, yeah, sticky's a great word for it. And I'd also say for Texas fans, because we still hear from some on our morning show that, man, I wish now with the Big 12's additions and wonder if they should have just stayed in the in the, in the Big 12, Colin Simmons is not coming to Texas if the Longhorns are not moving to the SEC next year. Not happening. Uh, I don't think Anthony Hill would have come. I don't know if Arch Manning would have come. When you think about the uh, Arch Manning moving, definitely would right. have come. Uh, That's an SEC family. Right. You, you, the move to the SEC was about the dollars, but it was also about this. Yeah. You have the ability to recruit the best players who want to play in the best conference, Colin Simmons, Anthony Hill, Arch Manning, uh, and many, many more. And so if you're fearful of the SEC, then this is the kind of players you have to get if you're going to compete at that level and be in the SEC and be a winning program. Uh, they're getting them, and that's a good thing. All right, that's our third quarter. It's uh, brought to you by Brain Vault. Again, more than just a mouth guard. I, I could say it's a mouthpiece because you wear them and you play contact sports, but Brain Vault is different. It's, it's you know, a revolutionary uh, option for you. It optimally aligns your lower jaw position 
to strengthen your neck muscles and minimize concussive forces. It's been proven to work. Uh, this is what it's about. They've learned, and uh, Dr. Greg Eckert and his team, Drew Pittman, the 30-year agent in the NFL, has developed this brain vault technology with medical professionals uh, to align that lower jaw position for the head and the neck to allow maximum force during contact. Clenching the jaw in the optimal position allows for maximal force production in the muscles in your neck. Strong neck muscles help sew the head down during contact, helps minimize uh, the, the shear of the brain tissue, which does lead to the traumatic brain injuries that we see. And all you have to do to learn more and find out why this works and, and the technologies there from a medical side is go to brainvault.com. That's brainvault.com. If you've got an entire team, you coach Pop Warner or uh, you know young youth football or high school football, get your whole team uh, fitted for Brain Vault technology. It really is, as I've said, Dr. Or, not Dr. Dr. Greg Eckert and his partner Drew Pittman. Drew Pittman has a, a clients all over the NFL. He's been an agent for 30 years. His clients have been wearing the Brain Vault technology and not a single concussion in the two full seasons that they've been wearing that Brain Vault technology. That's the type of results you're looking for for your youngster, not just football, playing lacrosse playing soccer, playing any contact sport, make sure you've got that Brain Vault technology. It's brainvault, all one word, dot com. Time for our fourth quarter. Let's get up the fingers. Fourth quarter time. We had our big uh, final four big conversations of the week uh, presented by Access Discount Healthcare, uh, created by pharmacists to offer you a Netflix-style monthly subscription to help significantly cut your prescription drug costs. Access dis- Discount Healthcare. Uh, Mike, some national conversations and national topics that are out there. Uh, we've had a good debate on our morning show about what is the best, because the best conference is, what, let me start with this with you on one of our final four. Best conference in 2023, big picture, front to back, macro. Is it the Big Ten with three teams in the top seven, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State and the rest? Is it the SEC with three teams in the top five with Georgia, Alabama, and LSU? Uh, big Ten, SEC. I'll take the SEC because there's teams like Texas A&M and Ole Miss in the middle that could end up being really good football teams, right? With the Big Ten, I don't know if the middle has as much ceiling as the middle of the SEC does. All right, I don't tend to agree. Now, next year, when USC and UCLA join the Big Ten, Washington and Oregon, maybe you come – and obviously Texas and Oklahoma are joining the SEC. That becomes a real good battle uh, for that. But interesting because we're not debating the ACC or the Pac-12, but which conference has the best group of quarterbacks? Big picture. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Pac-12. I think it's really ironic that the Pac-12's last year is going to be a really good year. You know, yeah. like they're, they're going to be really good. Uh, I mean, five or six really good quarterbacks. When Cam Ward is probably your sixth quarterback on the list, you you have a really good quarterback uh, group. So, uh, yeah, I think the Pac-12 is going to be like the Big 12 was last year. I think the Pac-12 is going to be the most exciting conference to watch just top to bottom because I have no idea what's going to happen. Well, you're talking about Caleb Williams at the top at USC, best quarterback in the country. Oregon has got Bo Nix back. Michael Penix is back at Washington, and we saw him, Texas fans, in the Alamo Bowl. He's really good, yep. uh, really good player. Cam Rising needs to get healthy, <laughs> but he should be back for Utah, who won the conference last year. He's a really good player. Uh, you know, there's just – somebody's going to win that job with with Chip Kelly at UCLA, and typically those guys can play. Uh, Jaden DeLara at Arizona is a good quarterback. Shadur Sanders, Sh- Deion Sun. Thank you, sir. No, Nolan. Yeah. Shadur Sanders, a lot of people think he's going to be an NFL draft pick at some point playing at Colorado and one of the more improved teams potentially, that you're right. I mean, it's it, the Pac-12, unfortunately, in their final year, is like must-see TV. i got to yeah. see these guys play. Yeah, I mean, De- Dion on his own is going to be <laughs> must-see, right? Like, I mean, like uh, that week one game against TCU is just is, is going to be a national game for no reason, right? I mean, Colorado has no reason. 
you know, being on that kind of national stage like that. Uh, but just that storyline alone, you know, Utah always gets forgotten. And then they just win a Pac-12. They just start playing murder ball by November and just start killing people. And so uh, we'll see. I think the Pac-12 is going to be a lot of fun, and it, it, it stinks. I don't know how much we've talked about realignment on this show, but uh, it, it stinks to kind of see these in, in their, like, the last form, like a star dying, right? Like, we're about to get sucked into a black hole. Uh, it's going to be a green hole with all the money. But it, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's the last pure year of college football. Right, like uh, enjoy this year because yeah. it's it's not it's not this anymore. It's been a big business for a long time. It officially comes mega business right. next year. They're, they're the saying the quiet part out loud now. They are. Right. They are. It's all there. Uh, I would also say for the ACC, they have an argument, right, because you do have some really good quarterbacks, including Drake May, who's probably the second best quarterback at NC at North Carolina. They've also got, uh, you know, the kid at, at Florida State, Jordan Travis, mm-hmm. who looks like a really good player. Uh, Clemson with Cade Klubnick from Austin, Texas, Austin Westlake, right outside our studio here. He's a really good quarterback. They got some dudes. And if you consider Notre Dame in the ACC, Sam Hartman's a really good quarterback uh, who can play. Uh, Miami's got the kid that's a pretty good player. So I think ACC's second. So they've got some good quarterback play going on. If you look at the SEC, who's the best returning quarterback? Uh, Carson Beck has won the job at Georgia. Alabama still hasn't chosen their quarterback yet, but Jalen Daniels. At LSU is probably your your best returning QB, and Spencer Sanders, who is going to win the job at Ole Miss, may be one of the more you know veteran names playing quarterback in that conference, and you know that tells you where the SEC is. Might sneaky might be the Big Twelve at, at number two, right? I mean Quinn Ewers, depending on yeah. on if he Will reaches Howard. his his ceiling. Will Howard, Tyler Shuck at, at Texas Tech was, you know, a really good player at Oregon if he can stay healthy. Uh, Donovan Smith moved to, to Houston. Chandler Morris won that job over Max Duggan. Uh, and then got injured last year. And then, you know, Blake Shapin at Baylor is a pretty good quarterback. And so uh, there, there's some pretty good quarterbacks in the Big 12. And then below that level, I think the American is stacked at the quarterback position. Like Seth Hiddingen at Memphis, Frank Harris, UTSA, Preston Stone, uh, SMU Tulane's quarterback is returning as well. And so uh, Casey Thompson got named the starting quarterback for the fighting Tom Hermans at F- FAU. Come on, Casey's still uh, so, uh, yeah, I think the Americans are going to be a, a fun one to watch the quarterback level as well. Because all those kind of the transfer portal is making that fun because of guys like Casey Thompson, where it's like we know their name from the P5 level and now we get to see them at the G5 level and if, if they can really take that next step. It's awesome. All right, those are our big four questions to wrap up uh, the fourth quarter. I'll wrap things up with our fourth quarter brought to you by our prescription drug platform. This is great stuff, folks. I promise you it's access, discount healthcare. If you're spending way too much money on your prescription drugs on a monthly and yearly basis, I need to tell you about this. Once again, it's the prescription drug pl- pl- platform that has been created by pharmacists to bring you a Netflix-style uh situation for your prescriptions you simply pay a small monthly fee to access the platform and then all your prescriptions from there are free just like watching films and watching documentaries and series on netflix once you pay the monthly fee it's a month-to-month free situation and it's month-to-month it's canceled at any time there's no long-term contracts and subscriptions for an individual or 21.99 a month uh Two people, a couple, $26.99 per month, and a family of three or more, as long as you live in the same address, as many as you've got, $31.99 per month. And then prescriptions of, of all kinds. They have 95 96% of all prescriptions that they can fill for you, and they're available at over 64,000 pharmacies like Walgreens, CVS, and others. They can also be delivered to you. So if your family or you or family members are paying more than 21 or $31 a month for your monthly prescriptions or annual bills, then this platform will save you money. They already have over 1.5 million Americans using the platform, 
and collectively have saved over $100 million. The retention rate, this is the number one part. I said it earlier. It's a month-to-month service. You can drop it at any point. Retention rate, 98.5%. Once people are locked in on this and saving that money, they stay signed up. Consumers are telling you it works. It is not insurance. It's not a discount card. It's a platform. And all you have to do is go to yourfreerxdrugs.com. That's yourfreerxdrugs.com to sign up and learn more. Uh, yourfreerxdrugs.com. And if you have any questions, and I'm sure you have many, they're all there for you at the website. They have videos to explain it to you. All your questions are answered. Yourfreerxdrugs.com. Uh, on our way out, uh, no question here, a tribute to Bill Little. Uh, you had a great story that, that people don't know about you and your life. You kind of grew up. Uh, your, your grandfather was your father in a lot of ways growing up, Mike Craven, and uh, Bill Little was like a second grandfather to you at the Texas football facility. Uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to Bill. He passed away on Friday of natural causes after a long battle. Uh, I did not know, then you just told us here on the Eyes on Texas multicast presented by Grande Equipment that your your grandfather was still going to brunch with Mr. Little all the way up until uh, pretty yeah. recently. There's like a group of 15 and 20 of those old guys that have been around Texas football, either as donors or staff members or whatever, that, that still go and eat on, on at Sunday, you know, before they go to church and all that kind of stuff, you know, like the stuff from a movie. I, I've always tried to get uh, them to let me write an article about it, but... They, they won't that's let it happen. Deal. Yeah, that's, their, their, that's well, their deal. Let's finish it up as uh, maybe Mr. Little would have liked uh, and, and pay a tribute to him with his thoughts on, you know, remember during before in pregames for Texas football games, Bill Little would do the Longhorn Legends segment, our Longhorn Legend today, uh, and he would tell the history of Texas football. And Longhorn fans would, on their way to the game, when they're parking in the, in the garages or at their tailgate, would get to hear Bill Little tell the stories of Texas football. And here's one that we've pulled that's pretty special. It's his recollection of Darrell Royal. Uh, after Daryl Royal passed away and Coach Royal was no longer. Bill Little, uh, we bid him adieu uh, on our way to, to tribute him, Bill Little on Coach Royal. He had come to Texas at the young age of 32. He had plans. He had dreams. His story is next. For more than half a century, Daryl Royal was the most important sports figure at the University of Texas. In the mid-1950s, the big school in Austin was looking for a head football coach to bring back the glory that DX Bible had brought in the 1940s. They sought out big names, famous coaches who were proven winners. But one by one, those guys decided to stay right where they were. There was one common theme, though. When asked about a name of an up-and-coming young coach who might be the right choice, they all recommended a former Oklahoma quarterback named Daryl Royal. So when the phone rang one late night in Seattle where Daryl Royal was the head football coach at the University of Washington, he answered it. A minute into the conversation, he covered the mouthpiece and said to his wife, Edith, this is it. This is Mr. Bible from the University of Texas. Almost 54 years later last week, we buried Daryl Royal as an icon of the university, the state, and college football world. Starting with the 1957 season, he took the Longhorns on a success run that was unequaled. In his 20 years as a head coach, his teams won 167 games, 11 conference championships, and three national titles. More than that, he became the face of Texas and Austin. 49 years ago today, November 22nd, 1963, Darrell Royal was tying his tie when he heard that President Kennedy had been shot in Dallas. Royal was preparing to greet the president at the airport when he arrived in Austin. He was friends with presidents and janitors. The respect and admiration for him spanned from Austin's east side to the White House in Washington. His trophies and honors were many, but 
the number paled in comparison to the lives he touched. For the little kids from the neighborhoods, it was always a greeting of a three-word name, Coach Darrell Royal. Never just Coach Royal, but Coach Darrell Royal. Perhaps that was because the children, who would grow old even as they honored him through all those years, felt a kinship. Royal, you see, never forgot his roots in the depression-ravaged Dust Bowl days of his home in southwestern Oklahoma. He did, after all, in one of those royalisms that he taught us, tell us to dance with who brung us. Everyone whose life he touched is left with a special memory that's far too many to mention here. But one lasting moment is important to recall. When I was working on the book, What It Means to Be a Longhorn, I asked Coach Royal to participate in the book's forward. In it, he told the story of that phone call from Mr. Bible so many years ago, and he talked about the people and the fortuitous turns his life had taken. And then he said this, when I think of what it means to be a Longhorn, I would define it in three words. It's a chance. It's an honor to be a Longhorn, but to me, it has always stood for a chance. It's about being the state university, and it's about pride, but it is always about opportunity. It is always important to maintain your integrity. I tried to do the right thing in recruiting by the rules and graduating kids, and I had it explained to me when I was hired that anything shy of that would not be tolerated at the University of Texas. But they didn't have to tell me that. That's what I was going to do anyway. I was 52 years old when I stepped away from coaching, and I have now spent more than 50 years of my life in association with the University of Texas. People have often asked me what I would like to be remembered as, and my answer is pretty simple. I tell them that on my tombstone. I don't want it to say that I never made a mistake. I'd like it to say he meant well. And so shall it be for our legend, our Longhorn legend tonight. I'm Bill Little. Rest in peace, Mr. Little. That was uh, wonderful and a wonderful tribute. And just like Daryl Royal said, uh, you, you did it well. You did well, very, very well, uh, all the way to your 81st year and since 1968 with that Longhorn Athletic Department. And that's going to put a bow and a wrap on another edition of the Eyes on Texas Multicast. Michael, thanks for being back. And looks like you're in the house. So you had the summer where you were on assignment many times, but you're back and we're all in for the next 12, 13, 14 weeks. Yeah, like I said at the very beginning of the show, I told everybody goodbye. Um, so we're doing this until December, maybe maybe January. This thing goes well for the Longhorns. That's right, maybe all the way to January, and we're looking forward to it. Once we get to the football games in uh, a couple of weeks, we're gonna have a, an extra podcast and a, and a cast every week on Thursday to preview. Monday will be recorded with a lot of review of what went on. The Thursday we'll look forward to the upcoming game, and it'll go like that. We'll get into that routine, and we are looking forward to it on the Eyes on Texas Multicast. We are a product of the Republic of Football on Dave Campbell's Texas Football Podcast Network. We are powered by Grande Equipment. We're also right there on the YouTube pages at hornfm.com and Dave Campbell's uh, YouTube channel. Uh, I'm Aaron Hogan, morning show host at the Horn. Mike is the senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Thank you again to our founding partners, thetexasmortgageguy.com, Hayes City Store and Ice House and Driftwood, One Source Gas, Dr. Greg Eckert and his Brain Vault Technology, and your freerxdrugs.com. And we are powered by our presenting sponsor at Grande Equipment. Find them online at grandeequipment.com. This is the multicast that keeps you on top of all things Texas football, available to watch weekly, as we said, on Dave Campbell's and the Horn and Austin YouTube pages, available for download through iTunes and Spotify or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Hook'em horns.